Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. We want to look some more at this covenant of blood, but we want to center up tonight on our covenant of healing. Hallelujah. Our covenant of healing. And uh, in Exodus 15, we begin to see something. Uh, There are four things that you have to always remember. And the first is you are a spirit. This is so important because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, that there, the, the, in the Word are spirit-taught truths that can only be understood by spiritual people. A spiritual person is not someone that has a faraway look in their eye. They're a person that has allowed the Spirit to have the ascendancy. So you are a spirit. You are not a soul and you're not a body. You possess a soul and you live in a body, but you are a spirit. You don't possess a spirit. You, the body that I see is not you. That carries you. Amen. So you are a spirit. Number two, you have a covenant. You have a covenant with God. God made a covenant with us. Thirdly, the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. There is the blood of the Old Testament and the blood of the New Testament. So the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. And fourthly, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. A requirement for strong faith. Hallelujah. And so that's what will radically transform the way a person thinks is that I have a covenant with God. God made a covenant. See, if I don't understand covenant, then when the Bible says, for instance, in Titus chapter 1, in hope of eternal life, Titus 1, 2, in hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie. Now think about this. People have made, I've had people ask this silly statement to me. Well, if God can do anything, then God can lie. Because God can do anything. Right? They don't understand covenant. God cannot lie because He chooses to bind Himself by His Word what he has said, he has said, and he, he, he cannot change it because he's interposed an oath on himself. He has sworn, I won't change my mind. Do you understand that? So when you understand covenant, you understand God cannot lie 
because he has sworn by himself and he won't change. He won't change. Amen. That's why the Bible says, I am God and I change not. Amen. When I have this covenant mindset, it radically changes the way I think. You have to enter into this mindset that not only will God not fail, God cannot fail. It is a physical impossibility for God to fail. That's why our part of the covenant is faith and obedience. It's never a question of can God, will God, what do I believe about my covenant? You know, oh, how, well, I, I, maybe I don't, yeah, I'll just say it. You know, if, if, when I buy a new car, I like the new car. But I get the manual out. I want to know what all it does. That's my car. I want to know what all the buttons are. Right? I don't want any button to go untouched. By me. Don't you be touching the buttons, but by me. <laughs> Amen. Right? What does this unlock? What does this roll down? What does this do? Amen. Amen. I've been riding with people in my car before, and I'd hit a button, they'll go, I didn't know it did that. Well, it's in the manual. Right? <laughs> you want to know everything that God promised. Because think about this. God promised. He swore. God promised. He swore. He's not going to change. We'll read this again, but in Psalm 89, He said, My covenant will I not break or alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. I won't break it. And He stood in covenant blood and swore that. See, religion will say God cannot change and God cannot lie. Then they have to make excuses for why things didn't come to pass. Not us. Amen. We're going to shore up our end. Because that's the end we always got to work on. Got to work on my end. When, when I was a boy growing up in church, the old folks would sing a song. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Amen. So I'm always shoring up on my end. What do I need to do? What do I need to change? What do I need to strengthen? Oh, hallelujah. Exodus 15. And uh, let's start here in verse uh, uh, 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Wherefore, therefore, the name of it was called Marah, or bitterness. And all the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Oh, glory. 
when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Now notice, here's covenant language. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them and said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Notice, for I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that heals you. Do you see that? And he said, this is a statute and an ordinance. I am the Lord that heals you. Now, in Exodus 23, Exodus 23, 25. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness from the midst of you. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. So he starts this off in Exodus 15 saying, I am the Lord that heals you. That's one of those great I am statements. There, there are seven compound names of God. All right, seven compound names of God. Each of them start off with the name Jehovah. All right, and then they're followed by Je- Jehovah to Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, uh, 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 Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will see and the Lord will provide. But here's, here's something that's so important where the covenant mindset is concerned. When he says, I am, it denotes something like a blank check. What you need, I am. All right? See, this, this is God saying, whatever it is, I'm that. Yeah. Right? He, he says in the Word, what's He say? I'm a father to the fatherless. I'm a husband to the widow. Right? He is our peace. Whatever we need, I am is that. But He says, I am the Lord that's, that's the Hebrew word Jehovah, the Lord, your healer, Jehovah Rapha. All right, R-A-P-H-A, Jehovah Rapha. But here's the thing, Jehovah, Jehovah is this, the self-existent one. The self-existent one. In other words... God needs no one to make him God. He exists on his own. He is self-existent. All right? There's nothing that can change God because God was not created. God always has been. He exists by his self. And he says, I'm the self-existent one. I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. I am Jehovah. And I'm not only Jehovah, I am the Lord, your healer. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is established by covenant. He can't change. He eternally exists as our healer. There will never be a time he's not our healer. There will never be a time that he is not the healer. There will never be a time he won't heal. Because he exists as our healer. Hallelujah. It's important. Because he says to the people of Israel, after Moses threw the tree in the bitter waters. Do do you see the tree? That there was another tree that was the blood of the new covenant where there was a bitter place, the bitterness of sin, and yet God took that tree and made sweet waters out of the bitterness of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The self-existent God who is our healer took stripes, Jehovah took stripes on His back to pay the price for your healing. The blood on the back of Jehovah God, Jesus Christ, was the same blood that ratified our healing. Hallelujah. It's the covenant blood. He exists forever that way. He doesn't change. That, that's why when someone says, is it always God's will to heal? What God exists forever as is always His will. He is Jehovah, Jireh, the God who will see and who will provide. If God sees a need, He will provide for that need. My job is faith and obedience. Seek Him first, and all these things will be added to you. If God sees, remember that's what the Scripture says in in Matthew chapter 6. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or put on, for your heavenly Father knows, your heavenly Father sees that you have need of all these things, and you seek Him first, and He'll add all of them to you. Because He eternally exists, as my provider. I'm never without provision. I'm never without healing. I'm never without favor. I'm never without might. I'm never without strength. I'm never without victory. God is my victory. He exists eternally as Jehovah my banner. Jehovah my rallying place. He is forever my victorious captain. And he will come back at the end of days as our victorious captain. This is important. So he says, this is what I am. I am is consistently, constantly updated. You cannot be I am a while ago. I am is now. Tomorrow he will be I am. Three weeks from now, he'll be I am. Six years from now, he'll be I am. Every day, I am updates itself. He's saying, I am your healer tonight. I will be your healer tomorrow. I will be your healer six months from now. I will be your healer five years from now. I am eternally existent as your healer. And he said, that's a statute and an ordinance for you. 
It's a covenant. So that closes the book. Anything God is, see, the names are not just, do not just denote what God can do. They denote something that God eternally is. Because think about this for a moment. Because God is who he said he is, God can do anything. God can heal anybody because he's God. But listen, what hinders many people from walking in that healing? They do not see him as their healer. They see him as someone who can. I am must be personal to you. He says, I am your healer. Your response is, you are my healer. If you said you are, then you are. If I am, then you, you understand? It might not, it might not be very proper English, but Lord, if you said you am, you am. Hallelujah. This is covenant language. Do, do, do you see this? So he eternally exists as Jehovah, the Lord, Rapha, my healer, my physician. It carries the, the idea of a physician. So I have a physician, an eternal physician that doesn't have office hours. There's no line, right? This is important because this is covenant language. And, th and then when you go to lay hands on your child, you're laying hands on your child with the understanding that you have a covenant with the eternally self-existent God that said, I am your healer. And in the new covenant, he said, and because you believe that, go lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You go and lay hands. People say, well, you lay hands in faith. You do lay hands in faith, but you lay hands in faith in a covenant that cannot change. Remember when Peter, Pastor Michelle ministered on this? He, they, they healed the lame man at the gate beautiful. And remember Peter, he said silver and gold. King James says, have I none but such as I have? And people will say, well, you know, yeah, he had power. That's not what Peter said. Peter didn't say I gave him power. When he was talking to the, to the, to the uh, 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 scribes and Pharisees, he said it was the name. Is that what he said? He said, it, he said why do you think through our power or something we did? He said, this man's here and has been made strong through the name. Faith in the name. Wait, wait, the name. Seven compound names in the Old Testament to describe what God is as the I am. One name in the New Testament that describes everything God is. When you say in the name of Jesus be healed, Jehovah Rapha shows up. When you say in the name of Jesus, I thank you, my needs are met, Jehovah Jireh shows up. Because the name Jesus encompasses 
All the names of God in the Old Testament. And, and that's why, that's why Jesus came and perfectly pleased the Father. And the book of Philippians says, because he humbled himself to the point of death, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. So you no longer pray in the name of Jehovah Rapha. You pray in the name of Jesus. Why? Because Now understand what I mean by this. Because, because in the new covenant, that name Jesus supersedes. It is the name. It is the name. And people have made it a denominational argument. It's not a denominational argument. If you believe in the name of Jesus, you're not oneness or Jesus only. You should be Jesus only because he's the only way. It's not a oneness issue or a trinity issue. The issue is what contains the power? The name. He eternally, Jesus eternally exists as our healer. My Lord, we, we could stop right there and say we've been in church. We won't. We got, we got a few more minutes. Back to Exodus 23. It says, verse 25, you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread and your water. Now, now, now stop right there. Why do we say grace? Why do we pray over our food? This is important. Amen. Because you have a covenant. And he said your bread and water would be blessed. Whew. Is that right? And notice what he said. He said, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Only the healer can take away sickness. And he eternally exists as our healer. Would it help you if I told you you're never without healing? Never without it. But you got to settle it. You got to close the book on it. I, I learned this when I was raising my kids. Because I read in the scripture. Remember in the scripture it says that Jesus went to Peter's house. And that his mother-in-law was sick with a fever. And, 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 and one account says that he spoke to her. Another account says he rebuked the fever. One account says he laid hands on her. Some people say that's why Jesus or Peter denied Jesus because he healed his mother-in-law. That's a little humor, very little. But here's the point. I read that and I thought, now wait a minute. This hasn't changed. So I got to deal with a fever a different way. That, that's what became a revelation to me. You do what you want. It says Jesus rebuked the fever. He charged that fever to leave the body. Now there are religious people that will say, well, that is Jesus. But listen, remember I, remember I said today, and I said it Wednesday, I think, I said, or, or actually James preached Wednesday, last Sunday, and I made the statement that when you, to honor God's word is to honor God. When you're in the presence of God's word, you're in the presence of God. 
When you invoke the name of Jesus, the man Jesus shows up. The name Jesus is everything to us the man Jesus was to the people in the four Gospels. Because he's invested all that authority and power in his name. And he says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. Now, you thought I forgot about the fever. But I decided something. That's how you got to deal with it. And I begin to have an expectation. Not I'm going to go in there and pray for her and see if she gets better or pray for him and see if they get better. I'm going in there and listen to me, fever. You're leaving under my hand. Amen. Amen. You're leaving under my hand because I'm not here as just a man. I'm here as a man with a covenant with the eternally existent healer that's backing me up. Now you leave under my hand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I'd feel that fever just go away. That's not a preacher trick. That didn't happen because I'm a preacher. It happened because I'm a man. You can take somebody that knows very little scripture, but gets a revelation that they have a covenant with God, and and everything's changing. Amen. Say it out loud. I have a covenant. With the Lord God. See, this is covenant language. He says in verse 26, There will nothing cast their young nor be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. Kimberly, put that up there in the Amplified Bible for me, please, ma'am. I, 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 I want you to see this. Hallelujah. Is this all right? I'm, I'm not rushing through this. I'm, I'm not going to take a long time, but if I don't... I'm, I'm not through my first sentence yet. <laughs> we, we, we got the rest of our lives to do this. Look, none shall use her, lose her. You shall serve the Lord your God. He'll bless your bread and water and take sickness from your midst. Notice the next part. None shall lose her young by miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. Now notice, this is important because... The, the, the King James uses the word shall. When you see the word shall, you see the words I will. That's a promise. That, that's covenant language. Now, now, now you've got to take that down. That closes the book. He will take sickness and disease from our midst. If I do what? I pronounce the blessing. He will take sickness and disease from my midst. That's covenant language. The number of my days I will fulfill. Try try that out right now. Just close your eyes. Say, the number of my days I will fulfill. Say it one more time. The number of my days I will fulfill. Hallelujah. You know, all the men in, in, in the Steele family on my father's side, they all died young. Most of them died young. My grandfather died at 56. Massive heart attack. Heart problems ran in the family. Amen. My uncles, my great uncles, my dad's uncles, they died young. 
heart problems. But you know, my dad got a hold of the word. Amen. He lived longer than any of his brothers. Most of, most of his uncles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live longer than anybody. It's not a coincidence that when you look at our life, and I say this with, without reservation, you look at our lives, and, and I was talking with, this, uh, uh, with my mom about this one day, and, I made, and, and when we were talking about this, and I made the statement that when you look at the steel side of the family, you get to my father's line, and everything has went up for his children, for his grandchildren, for his line. You look at the other lines, and they, 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 they have either went down or just existing. What's the difference? One line got a hold of a covenant. You understand that? The number of your days you will fulfill. That's a covenant. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see this? Covenant is serious business with God. Because God is bound by His covenant. A covenant that God established. The Bible says in the book of Romans that God brought you into this covenant before you even wanted anything to do with Him. He, 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 the blood was shed to bring you into this covenant. God initiated the contact. And you just walked into the blessing. Hallelujah. Look, look, look here at uh, Psalm 105. Are you receiving anything? He eternally exists as my healer. Psalm 105. Now, this is a familiar scripture, but I want you to see something here. Psalm 105 and verse 37. This is, 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 of course, talking about the Lord bringing the people of Israel out. Verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Now why? Verse 42. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. He remembered his covenant. You know, people talk about the acts of God. Well, you know, you know God brought water out of a rock. Why? It tells us right here, verse 41, he opened the rock, the waters gushed out, they ran in dry places like a river. For he remembered his holy promise to Abraham. He remembered. What did he remember? The covenant. What did he remember? I swore by myself to take care of these people. I swore by myself to bring them out. When you act on the covenant, God remembers what he said. It's not that he forgot. Don't misunderstand that. God didn't forget and you jogged his memory. Remember Hebrews says, without faith you can't please God. Faith in what? The covenant. It pleases God to, to perform what he said. And he said, notice, 
that he brought them, the children of Israel, out. Now, depending on what you believe, there's anywhere from a million and a half to three and a half million people. So if you look at the low end, there was a group of people the size of Kansas City, Missouri that came out of Egypt. 1.5 million people. If you believe three and a half million, <laughs> amen, that, 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 is, that is a group of people a little less in number than Dallas, Texas that came out of Egypt. And there wasn't one feeble person among them. So do you think it's possible for there to be a church that doesn't have anybody feeble in it? Or a home that doesn't have anybody feeble in it? Or a family that doesn't have anybody feeble in it? Well, what do we have to do? Remember the covenant. That closes the book. When you go home tonight, you need to visualize a blood covenant over your front door. Over your back door. Covering every entryway into your home. Because sickness and disease have been taken out of my home. Why? Because the eternally existent healer lives there. Isn't that great? I have a covenant that closes the book. That closes the issue. Amen. See, that's what you stand on when the doctor says. Right? And we've all been there where the doctor would say something. I've had the doctor tell me about things. And he would say, well, you know, that usually doesn't get better. And people say, well, what'd you say? Well, nothing to him because that's not going to help. But I just turned to the healer. Now, you can make all, the Bible says, Lord, that you make all things beautiful in, your, in their time. Right? The hearing ear and the seeing eye, you've made both of them so you can make mine good. Is that right? Here, here's, here's my point. You turn to the healer. You have a covenant with the healer. You don't have a covenant with sickness. There's nothing in the scripture that says you have to get sick. Is there? I mean, I haven't found it. People have said, well, how are we going to die? You're just going to die. See, because we think death as something horrible. One day, every one of us in here, if Jesus doesn't come, are going to breathe our last in this body. Ha uh-huh. In this body. But it's just going to be like you putting your hand in a glove and taking it out. No big deal. Amen. Just going to go home and be with Jesus. That's my plan. That should be your plan. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, but what if my heart quits working? Well, you'll die and go to heaven. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I don't want my heart to quit working. Well, now, wait a minute. For you to go to heaven, things have to stop. But it doesn't have to be with a heart attack. 
It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be with a disease. Amen. Doesn't have to be. If you know somebody that died with the disease and they were born again, they never felt the pain. They never felt the sting of death. The Bible says that's our blessed hope. That we don't mourn like those that have no hope. Not only will I see my loved one again, they never tasted death. The taste of death was never on their lips. Because Jesus tasted death for every man. That's a covenant promise that closes the book. Closes the book. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? So you got to see that. So if he brought out several million people and there was not one feeble person among them, that means not one weak person. Well, you know there were old people. Right? These, these people had been subjected to hard labor. There were no labor laws. There was no time frame for them to work. They were, we know they were beaten. We know that Pharaoh took away the straw from them. And they had to go cut the straw and make the bricks. Right? They, 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 they were not living a good, healthy life. But the Bible says before they left the land, they partook of the Passover lamb. Mm. And what was the Passover lamb made with? Bitter herbs. They partook of the Passover lamb in the bitterness of their bondage and in partaking of the Passover lamb, which was a symbol of Jehovah Rapha, the God that eternally exists as our healer, they were healed and refreshed and came out with not one feeble person among them. There's no one in this room that doesn't know someone feeble. But yet, several million people came out with not one feeble person among them. As a matter of fact, you do not see sickness and disease other than for disobedience in the entire 40 years in the wilderness. Why? He swore, I'll take sickness from your midst. If you obey me, and you serve me, and you do what I tell you, I'll bless your bread and water, and I'll take sickness from your midst. The only time sickness and plague came on them was when they were disobedient. And I am not saying that if somebody's battling a sickness that they're being disobedient. I'm trying to explain something to you. God is a covenant God, and even with murmuring, complaining, griping people, they didn't get sick. Because God said, I'll take sickness from your midst. Now, how much more should we walk in a covenant of health when we're obedient to what God said? If you have a healer, you ought to be healed. Amen. Oh, glory. Let's, let's go on, shall we? Woo-hoo. Deuteronomy 7. Am I helping you? This is uh, something that I've been working on for almost 30 years, is this concept of covenant. And uh, the more I get into it, the more I see. 
Deuteronomy 7 and uh, verse 9. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Let's start in verse 8 because it's beautiful. But because the Lord loved you. Can, can you say out loud, the Lord loves me. Try that one more time. Close your eyes. Just put your hand on your heart and say, the Lord loves me. Now, now, now say your name out loud. Say, say, say your name like this. Say, Philip, the Lord loves you. Because the Lord loved you, and because he, look at this, because he would keep the oath that he swore unto your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know then, that, know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God. Do you see that? The faithful God that keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So notice what he said. He said he brought them out because he would keep the oath. And then he says in verse 9, he's the faithful God that keeps covenant for a thousand generations. Two verses, and the covenant's mentioned twice. I brought you out because of the covenant. I'll keep you out because of the covenant. And this covenant will extend to, at a minimum, a thousand generations. A generation, at minimum, is 40 years. A generation, minimum, is 40 years. That's 40,000 years. A thousand generations. The Bible calls the covenant that we have, God said His covenant was an everlasting covenant. No one in here is going to live in this life 40,000 years. It's an eternal covenant. And, and, and that, that covenant rolls over to every generation that comes after me. I have a 40,000 year covenant my child has a 40,000-year covenant. My grandchild has a 40. It's eternal. Amen. And he said, I brought them out because of the covenant. Amen. And I keep covenant. Think about that. That, that, that closes the book. I have a covenant with God. Every day. Every night, every hour, every minute, every second of every day, I'm in covenant with God. When I go to the doctor, I'm in covenant with God. When I'm sitting in my house, I'm in covenant with God. When my child has a fever, I invoke the covenant that I have with God. Amen. Well, can it be that simple? It's that simple. Jesus healed every person that he healed, especially those that were Jewish, based on the covenant. Jesus had a right to heal them because of the covenant they had with God. Jehovah Rapha was healing them. That's why the Bible says he sent his word and healed them. Sent his word. What was his word? His covenant. He sent his covenant and he healed them. John 1 
begins a new phase of the Word. The Word took on a new phase. The Word took on a new identity and wrapped itself in flesh and became a man. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. What glory? The glory of His miracles. The glory of His Godhood. The glory of Him being God in the flesh. Every person that Jesus laid hands on, he laid hands on them as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. He did did not quit being God when he became man. The essence of God was in him. God was, the Bible says that it was, that, that God was healing those people. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. Is that what he said? I I need God to do this. Covenant. Covenant. Look, 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 look at Luke 3, I'll show, uh, or Luke 13, I'll show you this a little clearer. Oh, hallelujah. See, if I have a covenant, I ought to be healed. This is, this is vital. And, you know, I've had people before, they, they said, well, you know, I just feel bad because I'm dealing with this sickness. Well, don't feel bad. Just dig into your covenant. There's no condemnation to anybody. Amen. What's the covenant say? I said, what's the covenant say? See, I have a covenant with God. That's got to settle the issue. And so Luke 13, and let's let's look at this a little in depth. Uh, Verse 10. He was teaching in, the, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman that had a spirit of infirmity. Eighteen years. And was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Now, when I read that, I've got to ask the question, what gave him the right to just say you're loosed? You understand? When when the Gentile woman, the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus, we see what gave Jesus the right to say something to her because he said, woman, great is your faith. I can act because of your faith. When the centurion said, uh, I'm a man under authority, I say to one go and he goes, to another come and he comes, to another do this and he doeth it. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. What did Jesus say? I've not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. What gave Jesus the right to speak healing into that servant? The centurion's faith. This woman said nothing. She made no action. From what we see, she made no action. No effort to go to Jesus. And it says he saw her and called her to him. Now watch. 
Who initiated the covenant? God. Who initiated the action? Jesus. Why? God doesn't change. He initiated the action. Woman, he called her to him. Right? And notice what he said. You are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, you know, the ruler of the synagogue got mad because somebody got healed. (laughs) Six days that men ought to work. Come, therefore, and be healed on one of them, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered, you hypocrite. Does not each of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? Now, watch. Here's the key phrase. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed? What did he point back to? The covenant. Why did he not ask? Because she had a covenant that evidently she didn't know about. You following me? The main thing that stops the covenant from operating in people's life is their ignorance of it. That's the main thing. In, in, in our circles, we put much emphasis on the Word and declaring the Word. I, I'm about, you know I'm all about that. But why do we declare the Word? Because it is a covenant book sealed by blood on both ends. And when you declare the Word, you are calling to God's remembrance what He swore to do for you. You're not trying to make something happen by confession. You're making a confession because that's what's true. If if I don't look at this as covenant, there's the possibility of thinking it won't work. But God has interposed himself with an oath. If, if, if we could say it this way. If a person looked at you and said, if I break my word, I will cease to exist. Think, think about how important their word would be to them. It'd be vital. If they said something to you, you would have confidence. God has tied what he promised to his throne. He said heaven and earth would pass away before his word would pass away. This is important. This is crucial. Because when you approach God on any subject, I have to approach God with the mindset that what I'm about to ask for is mine. Based on the covenant. God doesn't have to produce it. It's there in the covenant provision. I receive it out of the covenant. It's like you taking your 
debit card to the ATM, when you put the, a- the card in the ATM, the money comes to you because the money's already there. If the money's not there, if the provision's not there, it won't come to you. It will say insufficient funds. When you go to God and you ask God for something, God does not produce the, God does not produce the substance to meet your need. You took out of the covenant what was already there. It was already produced. So people are praying and saying, now we'll wait and see what God does. That's an erroneous way to look at this. Look, look, look at Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, hallelujah. Because people don't understand when you talk covenant. Do, do you know why you keep your words in line with God's word? And people say, well, you know, I, 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 I want to say what God said and I'll get what God promised. Well, that's true, but you want to say what God said because he said, put me in remembrance of my word. He said, come, let us reason together. That's not arguing with God. That's you going to God and saying, now, God, I have a covenant. You have a covenant with me. And for the sake of what we're teaching on, my child is sick. This person's sick, whatever the case may be. Now, I'm coming to you with your word. As Jehovah Rapha, as the one that eternally exists as my healer. And you said that with the stripes that Jesus bore, I was healed. Right? So I am based on this covenant saying I'm healed. When you say you are something based on what the word says, it's not something that it's 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 not. People will say, well, I feel like I'm not telling the truth. You feel like you're not telling the truth because you don't understand covenant. What is yours by covenant is yours right now. You have healing right now. It's in your covenant. You are not going to be healed when you feel better. You are healed right now because you have a covenant with God. You have a covenant with the healer. So he said in Ephesians 2... And verse 10, and, and we probably should look at this in the Amplified Bible. This will be our last scripture. I haven't, I haven't got past the first paragraph. I mean, that's point number A, and I haven't moved past it. But, but we've been teaching long enough. Are you getting anything, though? Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And let's look at that from the Amplified Bible. Because this is, uh, this is so beautiful. Because it shows something to us concerning this, uh, this covenant. Hallelujah. For we, that would be us, are God's own handiwork. His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. That we may do those good works... Now, here's where we get into this, which God predestined. Predestined from the word predestination. 
right, there are predestined things, things that were planned beforehand. God's not making your life up as He goes. I find those paths. God doesn't make them up. They were predestined before. That's why when you got born again and entered into covenant with God, man, your life changed. Why? Because you got on the right path. Beforehand for us, taking paths that he prepared ahead of time. Ahead of time. Notice that we should walk in them. Now, now here's the key. Should. Didn't say will. Should. I don't mean to believe if I have a healer, I should be healed. Now, I got to believe that whatever my experience has been. Folks, listen. I only know how to say things the right way. <laughs> Truthful. I've laid hands on people and they've died. I've been pastoring long enough to, I have laid hands, I have laid hands on people that I was believing with every ounce of faith that I had that God was going to touch them. I have stayed up all night praying for people. Amen. I'm, I mean stayed up and prayed and believed God, sat in the hospital room and believed God. I'm telling you, if you get put in the hospital and you're battling a sickness, you want me on your side because I'm going to be praying for you. I'm, if, if I can get up in the room with you, I'm going to go sit in your room and I'm going to read the scriptures to you because I don't believe you have to be sick. But I've laid hands on people and they have died. Now, religion will say, well, that wasn't God's will for them to be healed. That's not right. Because we have a covenant of healing. Well, they just didn't have faith. Well, that's not always right either. Amen. Do you see? You got to leave the questions and stay with what the covenant says. See, he said that these plans that we should walk in them. They were planned before time that we should walk in them. Notice, living the good life. Covenant. That he did what? Prearranged and made ready for us to live. So it's prearranged and made ready. That closes the book. I'm supposed to be living a good life. Folks, listen to me. It's not a good life when you can't pay your bills. It's not a good life when you got pain in your body. It's not a good life when you're dealing with sickness all the time. Not a good life. Not a good life. Do, do, do you see this? The path that he prearranged and made ready for me was a path of healing. A path of freedom. And he said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed from her infirmity on the Sabbath day? 
Well, the Bible says, so then they that be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. It says that Abraham is our father. So I could say the same thing that Jesus said. Ought not this son or daughter of Abraham be loosed from their infirmity because of the covenant that they have with God? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, what if somebody lays hands on me and I don't get healed? No, wait a minute. See, there's a whole other problem that we got to deal with in future sermons. That's not a covenant mindset. Your mindset should be when hands are laid on me, I'm getting healed. That's just it. Bless God. Amen. I'll close with this. You know, my, I, I, I talked about my father earlier, and he was in a meeting in Pennsylvania. And there was a young man in, in that meeting that had uh, some, some sort of issue that, that caused him to shake really violently. I don't, I don't know what it was. I was never told. But nonetheless, it was there, and there was no cure. There was nothing they could do about it. And so my dad was there, started the meeting on a Sunday night, and, and he prayed for the sick. And uh, that young boy came up and had hands laid on him, and nothing changed. I mean, he just kept shaking. Well, the next night, the pastor got up and said, I want everybody that was healed last night to stand up and, and uh, testify about it. Well, he stood up, just shaking all over, talking about how God had healed him. Boy, everybody shouted. Well, they went on through, and, and he testified on Tuesday and, and testified on Wednesday. And my dad said Wednesday night about half the people were shouting with him. And then it came along Friday night, and he stood up and testified again. My dad said, and I was the only one shouting with him. Faith is not moved by what you see because faith is based on a covenant and not on something that can be changed. The reason you call things that be, why can you call things that be not as though they were? Because you have a covenant. The covenant has already foreseen it and provided it. And when you call things that be not as though they were, you're taking out of the covenant. You take out of the covenant with your words, and you're taking out of the covenant what's yours by right. God's not doing anything for, your, for you that's not already yours. It's mine by right. It's mine by blood right, by blood oath. There's blood between me and God. How do you know you're saved? Because blood was shed for you. How do you know you're healed? Because blood was shed for you. There's blood between me and God. And so, amen. And so th this young man, his testimony was the next morning, Saturday morning, uh, he came in for breakfast. He lived with his mother because he couldn't take care of himself at the time. And uh, uh, she had uh, all the utensils out for breakfast. They were eating cereal. And, and uh, of course, they said good morning. He took the cereal and just made a mess, just shook it all over the place. Thank God I'm healed. Took the sugar and just the same thing. And then he reached for the milk. And God bless Mama. She had just had it. And she just... Pounded the table. Johnny, put that down. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of you and that preacher shouting about how you're healed. Now, son, you're still shaking all over. You're no better now than you were when they had hands laid on you. Son, you're not healed. Now, people say, oh, that's, that's bad. 
Well, then you should never say that about yourself. If it's wrong for me to say it about you, it's wrong for you to say it about you. When you understand covenant, it is more a lie to you to say you're not healed than it is for you to say you're healed. When you understand your covenant of healing, it is an untruth for you to say you're not healed. Why? Because he's my eternally existent healer who said, by his stripes, you were healed. Well, the young man didn't get mad. He just looked at his mother, shaking all over, and he said, Mother, I want you to know that I am too healed. And he never shook another day. People say, oh, wasn't that wonderful? That morning God healed him. No, God healed him Sunday night when hands were laid on him. He held on to the covenant. It doesn't matter who in your life lets go. Don't you let go. Don't let go believing for your family. Don't let go believing for your healing and your restoration. Don't let go believing. Don't stop laying hands on people. Somebody asked Gore Roberts one time, what are you going to do if the next person you lay hands on dies? He said, I'm going to say, next. We're not making light of anyone dying or anyone passing away or going, that's not what I'm doing. I'm saying, that doesn't change the covenant. Hallelujah. Don't, don't let go of it because the circumstances, you got time for one more? You got time? I've told this before, but it just bears repeating. I, uh, there's a, a gentleman that goes to the church at the Kansas location, Steve Pitnick. And Steve Pitnick got gloriously saved in, in the, the jail ministry. He had never been to church in his life. And, uh, and he got born again in a Word of Faith church, so you can imagine how he is. And uh, he was standing in the back one Sunday morning, and uh, Steve had been diagnosed by the doctor with, in his knees with, with bone on bone. All the cartilage is gone. Interesting thing about cartilage in your body, it won't reproduce it naturally. When it's gone, it's gone. So he was going to the doctor ever how long often he had to go and getting a a cortisone shot. Put that in between those, those bones. Well, he was in church one Sunday morning. The glory of God was there, and and I didn't lay hands on people. It was just we were just in the presence of the Lord. Well, Steve doesn't run. He's not the running type. He doesn't get in the shoot like DJ. But man, I saw him. I saw the look come on his face, and he took off down the aisle. Ran up on the platform, jumping, woo, shouting. Jumped off the platform. Man, spun around. Hugged me. I thought, what in the world's going on? So I, I had to ask him, what happened? He said, uh, I was back there, and he said, uh, you know, my knees have, have had pain. And I said, yeah. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, I felt something like rubber bands popping in my knees. And he said, all the pain went away. I said, well, glory to God. Well, a couple days later, it was his day to go get his shot. So he's there, and 
And he's standing there with his knee up on the, on the stool for them to give him the shot. And the nurse came in. She says, Steve, wait a minute. Before we do this, i got to show you something. So she took him back and, and showed him the most recent x-ray from that day. And she, he said, okay, all right, well, what are you showing me? She said, you see all this white substance in your knees? He said, yeah. She said, that's new cartilage. He said, how'd that happen? She said, I don't know. Can God recreate and put cartilage where there is none? Do you have a covenant with that God? Then that means whatever's missing in you can be replaced, created, made, because you have a covenant with the Creator God. If He can create the world, He can create an organ. If He can create you as a person, He can create what you need to exist. Amen. A lady came to the church one time, and she, she had a handkerchief. And she, I said, what, what do you need prayer for? She said, this is for my sister-in-law. And she said, my sister-in-law needs healing because uh, she had uh, ovarian cancer. And the, the doctors started with a round of, of chemotherapy and radiation, and they destroyed the ovaries. And after that, they went in and removed the ovaries. They're gone. They're gone. They don't exist. And she said, I want you to lay hands on this, this handkerchief because I'm, I, we're believing that God's going to heal her. Re remember, we talk about shalom, mashalim. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. That's under your covenant. He is our peace. He is our nothing missing nothing broken right ladies living in Colorado we prayed over the handkerchief sent the handkerchief to her hmm she put it on her body believed God now you can kind of jump ahead you're getting ahead of me but a few weeks later she's sick to her stomach she thinks she has the flu or something so she goes to the doctor the doctor's taking, doing what they need to do. I don't know exactly how they did it. But with a blood test or something, they discovered that she was pregnant. The problem is, the doctor kept saying, you can't be pregnant. Because you don't have any reproductive organs to be pregnant with. They sent me the picture of her with the baby that she was pregnant with. Can God create ovaries when there are none? What's that? Here's a better question. Will God, based on what? Your covenant. Your covenant. 
All those things are part of my covenant. If, if you need a new heart, God's got one. 